You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. Well, the Apostle Peter was bold and he was brash. He was the unofficial leader of the disciples. And he claimed that he would never desert Jesus. But on the night that Jesus went on trial, Peter failed. And he failed miserably. But somehow, in his grace, Jesus rescued Peter. And he commissioned him for ministry. And then Peter became this immense figure in the church and helped build the church to what it is today. And so what does Peter's story have to do with you and me? It means that if God can rescue Peter, if God can salvage Peter, if God can forgive Peter, then there's hope for the rest of us. And so if you have tonight, if you have a a Bible, if you have a tablet, if you have a phone with you, then please open it and let's take a look at Scripture together. And We're going to turn this morning to John 18, beginning in verse 12. John 18, beginning in verse 12. And what we're doing is we're taking a walk with Jesus toward the cross. And we'll, of course, end up there on Good Friday and then on Resurrection Sunday. We'll have an opportunity to celebrate the empty tomb. And we find Jesus right now at the house of the high priest, Caiaphas. And his journey in earnest, his lonely journey to the cross has begun. And so let's look at verses 12 through 14 because they set the stage. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. And so this section of John's narrative really has two different stages, two different scenes. On the inside, you have Jesus facing Jewish leaders. He's been arrested illegally. He's going through an illegal trial. On the outside, you have Peter on a cold, bitter night all by himself, and it looked like at that night that his ministry had come to an end. He denied the master. How do you come back from that? The only way you come back from that is because of the grace of God, and that's why there's hope for the rest of us. And so we begin with the trial. Jesus had been arrested in the garden And Jesus was being accused of all kinds of things he didn't do. But the irony is this. While Peter was out in the courtyard denying Christ, the Lord was denying himself. The Lord was giving himself up. And that's why there's hope for you and me. Now, you could easily say, I have never denied Jesus. I would never deny Jesus. But really, the case is, our rebellion 
our sin is denial of Christ. And so we're just like Peter. And here's this amazing apostle who's out in the courtyard denying the Lord while Jesus is giving himself up. Now, there is some confusing language here because there are actually two high priests that are mentioned. You have Annas, who is the father-in-law of Caiaphas. And Jewish law would state that one man would hold that position for his whole life. But the Romans didn't like that because the Romans felt like one man shouldn't have all that power. So Annas had five sons that all became high priests and now Caiaphas, his son-in-law. But everybody knew that Annas was the power behind the scenes. That's why Jesus was brought to Annas first and then to Caiaphas. And even today, when you travel to Israel and go into Jerusalem and you can see these steps that Jesus walked up to Caiaphas's house. And now it's all cordoned off, but I was fortunate enough before they started to fence it off to walk these steps. And you just get this eerie sense of the loneliness of Christ. And you can almost hear the, 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 the mockery. You can almost hear the clanking of the, the swords. And here was Jesus all by himself. And in the courtyard was Peter. And he's really no help to Jesus at all. Because Jesus was willing to give himself for you and for me. But Peter denied him. Now, in verses 15 through 18, this is where Peter begins to hit rock bottom. Here's 15. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? And here's the moment. He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. And so Peter has done it. He has sold Jesus out. Now, there is another disciple mentioned here. The other disciple is likely the author of this gospel, John, and he must have had some familiarity with the high priest because they were both allowed in. But the woman at the door recognized Peter, and she asked him a simple question. Are you one of those disciples? And Peter had a decision to make, and he decided to protect himself. And he said, I am not one of those disciples. And there, one can have some compassion for Peter, because here he is, he's all by himself, Jesus has been arrested, everyone is fleeing, and when people are afraid, they do crazy things. And we're discovering that right now in our nation. People are fearful. People have anxiety. 
People don't know what the future holds. All of our security blankets have been yanked out from under us, and we've seen people do things that they normally wouldn't do. And so here's Peter. He's fearful, and he sells Jesus out. And there's a good lesson here, because you may think that you would never be like Peter, You may be a longtime Christian, a small group leader. You might be the best evangelist on the planet. (laughs) But beware, because all of us could be like Peter. And he sold out the Lord, and if we were watching this drama unfold, we would think to ourselves, that's it for him. We're going to write him out of the story. But that's not the way Jesus works. And as Peter's lifeless spiritual body lay on the ground, the Lord resuscitated him. And not only did he forgive him, he sent him off to do an amazing ministry. And that's why there's hope for the rest of us. There's hope for you. There's hope for me, even in these uncertain times. And even when we don't always react the way we should. So that's Peter. Let's go back inside now. Let's go to the the Jewish portion of this trial. There's actually two trials that Jesus has to go through that night. He goes through this Jewish trial, and then he's going to have to face Pilate in the Roman trial. But here he's still in front of Annas, and Jesus continues to be abused and illegally tried. We pick it up now in 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews came together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? And in 23, Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. And so Annas here has Jesus in front of him, and he's questioning him about two important areas. He first asks Jesus about his disciples. And the point of that question is to find out how many followers Jesus had. How much damage had he done? But then he talks to him about his teaching. And the point of that is theology. Because Jesus had claimed all along to be the Son of God. And that was considered blasphemy. And that's what got Jesus arrested. And so here he is in front of Annas in this incredibly illegal trial. But notice that Jesus was willing to take the blows. He never revisited that question about his disciples. Because he was going to stand in the gap for them. He he would protect them. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but there's hope for you and me in this story because Jesus will protect you in the end. He's not going to 
push you off the edge. He's not going to leave you be. He's going to be right with you. And here, he appeals to the Jewish law because in a case like this, it was built on a plurality of witnesses. And so Jesus simply asks for those witnesses. In 21, why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. And then, seeing that as a rebuke, one of the guards there strikes Jesus. And Jesus does not, does not sell his men out. He takes the blow. So different than out in the courtyard where Peter was denying him. And so, the hope here for you is that you will always be protected by Christ if you are a child of God. This is a scary time in our nation, but will Jesus get you through the virus scare? Of course he will. If the economy goes south, will he protect you? Absolutely. And even in normal times, we're concerned about death and, and, and sickness, and Jesus has promised to always be there for you. And the beautiful thing about being a child of God is that Jesus promised you will never die. And so we're seeing Jesus stand up. And this was the point of his earthly ministry. He's giving himself away. And this is a beautiful moment. He protected his disciples. He will protect you to the end. While he was denying himself, his, his disciple was out in the courtyard denying him. And, and the last section of this passage takes us back outside to Peter. He's still out there. He, he must have been going through an incredible amount of anguish because he had to be thinking, will I or won't I? And what if I do? And he did. He sold out Christ. Let's see what happens in verse 25 through 27. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, and it can get really cold in Jerusalem. If you've ever traveled there in the winter, it can be very, very cold. And this is one of those nights. And so they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it and said, I am not. One of his servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. That's a horrible moment. And you can almost hear the thud as Peter hits rock bottom. I mean, you can't go any lower. But here's again where the hope is for you and for me, is that when you stumble... Jesus will pick you up and help you to keep going. And the scene is so stark. It's late, it's dark, it's cold. Peter is afraid. And John is writing an amazing thing here. You know, people don't give John enough credit for his writing. He's a brilliant writer. And as D.A. Carson, a theologian, describes it, what John's doing here is making a contrast. He, he's constructed a contrast where Jesus is standing up to his questioners. And he's not denying anything. And Peter is cowering 
in front of his accusers. And he's denying everything. And that's such a picture of what it's like for you and me because God is so holy and here we are struggling with sin and Peter's out there struggling with himself. And it's also interesting here that John specifies that the accuser was a relative of the man who Peter tried to cut his head off and only John could have known that. So John was an eyewitness and what an honor it is to read this account from somebody who was standing there. And then Luke tells us in this horrific moment that Peter went out and wept bitterly. He was broken. He, he must have been frustrated with himself. He must have been angry. He must have been full of shame. He must have literally thought at that moment, my life is over. I have no use for I'll be of no use to anyone. But here's the beautiful thing about God, is that when you think of that about yourself, that's when he leans in and he says, no, no. I have a future for you. I have a plan for you. It's not over for you. In fact, I will take your mistakes and I will take your sin and I will weave them into a beautiful tapestry that I will use for my glory And not only will you have a future, you'll have a beautiful future because of my grace. And that's hope. My wife, Wendy, and I had an opportunity recently to speak to a group of prisoners at the Minnesota State Correctional Facility in Faribault, Minnesota. And we have an opportunity to speak in prisons because of things that have happened in our life and we we speak about victim reconciliation with perpetrators and we we talk about grace and and forgiveness and as we talked i remember they had the first two rows rows just full of guys who were in for murder these were the lifers and i'm not sure they put them there to scare us or it's because they related to our story but as we told our story men came up to us and began to talk to us. And one of them came up to Wendy and said, man, I am in here for life. But I am leading Bible studies. I'm mentoring guys. I have never been more fulfilled. Only God can do that. Only God can can lift somebody off the ground like that. And that's exactly what he was doing here for Peter. And here's the the point. Peter's story doesn't end here. There's hope for you because God paints beautiful new futures. And Jesus would someday rise again, and it wouldn't be very long time because he's on his way to the cross, and he would gather his disciples, and he would be on the shore of the Sea of Galilee with them in this famous breakfast that they had together. And He took Peter aside. He took him away from the other disciples because this is where he would unveil his plan for Peter, his new plan. And Jesus began to question him twice. Do you love me? Each time, yes, you know I love you. Jesus, the first time, then feed my lambs. The second time, tend my sheep. And the third question and answer went like this in John 21, 17. 
do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And there it is. That's the commissioning. That's where Jesus leans in and sends Peter off to build the church. And again, John is contrasting. There are three questions, three commands, contrasted with three denials. And now Jesus was saying to Peter, I want you to go out and I want you to do something that's going to be incredibly difficult because building the church was hard. He was persecuted. He ended up being martyred. But he also ended up being a powerful disciple. And he, his apostleship is something that rings true today. And when you read his speeches, they are full of the Holy Spirit. And I remember as Jesus took him aside in Matthew 16, 18, and he said, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look who he's choosing. He's choosing the man who would deny him. And it's, it's amazing to see this. And when Jesus said on this rock, he was referring to himself as the Son of God, but it was on Peter's faith that he would build the church. It's on Peter's actions that he would build the church. And I'm encouraged by this because right now the church seems scattered. The church can't even meet. Somebody asked me the other day, how are you doing with this? I said, it's strange being a pastor of a church that can't even come together. And churches all over the world are unable to meet on Sunday mornings. But the church is always going to be the church. The church is going to come out of this more powerful than ever before because the church will prevail. And the gates of hell cannot stand against the church. And so don't give up on the church because... God used Peter and his grace to build it. And your hope is based on God's grace. There's nothing you can do on your own power to put yourself in a better position with God. There is nothing you can do that can somehow erase your past and find a way to be in his favor except for his grace and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to call you to think about what it would mean for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because all of us have sinned. We're, we're all like Peter. We're, we're, we've all gone astray. We all rebel at times. We all are, are arrogant at times. And then we fall. And when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, we had all of a sudden this separation. And we can't bridge that without Jesus, because he's the reconciler, he's the bridge, he's the one who went to the cross and paid for sin, and so if you would simply believe in him, if you would just tell him you're sorry for your sins, then you can be forgiven right now, and you can have eternal life, and you can have a brand new future. And I know that I would love to talk to you about that, and our website at Ridgewood Church is myrwc.org, you can find Pastor Paul and you can send me an email, and I would love to get you resources to find out how to find Jesus Christ. Because not only will your future on earth be different, but you will now be looking 
at a beautiful future in heaven with Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. And what we see here in this story is that you are safe with him. That he will protect you. He'll pick you up after you stumble. And your future with him can be amazing. And Peter's story shows that there's hope. I mean, if he can take this wayward disciple, and if he can salvage his life, and forgive him for that, and if he can commission him for this amazing new ministry, then there is also hope for you. I would like to just pause for a moment and pray for you right now. Lord God, I just pray that you would show yourself right now. God, you are the one who can bring eternal life to us. And this whole mission we're talking about tonight is as Jesus is facing down these accusers is all part of the plan. It was all part of what he had to do to go to the cross. And he did his mission even while he was being denied by his disciple. And so God, I pray that you would speak to those who are watching this morning. I pray that each individual will understand the plan you have. I pray that if there are those that aren't sure if they have a relationship with you, that they would take that step and reach out and find the hope that only comes through you, through your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you again for being a part of our Ridgewood live stream, and we hope to see you at church real soon. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.